Hello, church, and welcome to the FUMC Borough Podcast. My name is Ben Shaw. I'm the Director of Modern Worship and Media here at the church. And this week, Reverend Crystalyn Durham brings us a sermon called, There is a Light in the Darkness. She's preaching from John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. We appreciate you joining us here on the podcast. We would also love for you to join us this coming Sunday at 8.30 a.m. for Modern Worship or 10.30 a.m. for Traditional Worship. Both of those services are offered virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube, or in person. Head on over to fumcm.org for more information about our safety protocols if you choose to join us in person. We are so glad that you have chosen to be in ministry here with us at First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And we pray that we can all live into our mission of growing disciples of Jesus Christ who know Him, love Him, and serve Him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world. Today, we come to worship having spent the month prior experiencing these moments of waiting and anticipation. We move through the story of the angel coming to Mary to tell her that she would have a child and name him Jesus. We have moved through the experience of the shepherds as the angels appeared to them, declaring glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace among those whom God favors. We have visited with Zechariah and Elizabeth. We have heard Mary's song. And now we have experienced the birth of this child. At times, this first Sunday after Christmas, which we liturgically call the first Sunday of Christmas, we can find ourselves asking the question, What happens next? What do we do from here? I believe that John can help us move to the what now question. Our scripture this morning comes from John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. Hear the word of the Lord. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, 
and we have seen his glory. The glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. This is the word of God for the people of God, and so we say, thanks be to God. It is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. Mr. and Mrs. Dursley of number four Privet Drive were proud to say that they were perfectly normal. Thank you very much. The first lines of two of my favorite books or series, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone and Pride and Prejudice. When I read those lines, my mind immediately transports to the setting of an English countryside or to Hogwarts, Hogsmeade, or even Diagon Alley. You see, the first line of a book is extremely important because it must grab the reader's attention, enticing that reader to continue to read the page following. If done well, those lines do for me the first lines of a book to take the reader to a place. A place where they may have been before, or maybe even a place that is new and exciting. The author of the book of John, which we just read the first 14 verses of, grabs the reader's attention and sets the reader up for an experience of the gospel as one has never experienced it before. John really doesn't do anything like the other three gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In fact, there are more differences than similarities. But in many ways, John gives a fresh look at the incarnation of Jesus. So he begins with some of the most enticing words to make a reader continue. In the beginning, These words not only connect us to the time of Jesus, but it also connects us to the original beginning of the story, reminding us that Jesus or the word was always with God. It is interesting that he chose this phrase because for those who are reading this book, there is a new beginning already upon them. That beginning is new life found in Christ and living into the call of Christ to love God and love one another. These particular verses not only tell us about the beginning, but they also tell us about the end. You see, these verses in John chapter 1 foreshadow for those who are reading all that will take place in the chapters that follow. It really does set the book up well. But is that all these verses are for? A setup for the rest of the story. I don't think that John just sets up the story. I believe in this text, John reveals who Jesus is. See, we meet the revelation of God in the man of Jesus in the first chapter of John. What's interesting is that in this text, we find that the world should know its creator, the word who was with God. The world should know Jesus. 
but the world was not, and dare I say, is not, prepared for the ways that Jesus would change it. Nor is the world prepared for the ways that the light would drown out the darkness. The question to be asked is, what is darkness? Darkness is an absence of light or brightness. And while this is definitely the case, often when it is referred to in Scripture, it is a representation of evil, and it's often presented with its opposition, which is light. In John 1, we find a great comfort in understanding that the darkness could not overcome the light, ultimately saying that even in the midst of the chaos, even in the midst of catastrophes that happen around the world, light and hope will persist. You see, this light, this is Christ, come into the world full of grace and truth this gift that he offers. He offers to all, not just the privileged few, but to all of humankind. I think in this year specifically, many of us have struggled to see that hope, to see that light of Christ. So for one minute, I want to invite you to close your eyes. I want you to think about this past year. I don't want you to think about the horrible things or the difficult moments or even COVID-19. But for one minute, I want you to think about the moments in your life when light has shone through, even in the midst of the difficulty. You can open your eyes. Did you see it? The light is there. The hope is there. If only we stop, take a minute and look for it. One of the interesting things about light is that it has to step into the darkness. If it wasn't for the darkness, the light wouldn't be necessary. And in many ways, John reminds us that the birth of Christ, which especially this year, is a light for all of us, is not the only part of the story. This birth that we celebrated earlier this week is only the beginning. There is so much that will happen in his life that will challenge those in power, that will awaken others to see God in a new light, that will give voice to the lowly, and that will lift up the hurting. 
Yes, he has come as a child, but in his lifetime, he will shake the world like no one has ever seen or known before. I would venture to say that many of us watching this now, we're sitting in a sanctuary or sitting on our couch. Many of us have heard this story before. We have read it in church in John. We have listened to the sermons. We have sung the songs. Yet does the baby actually change us? Does the light of Christ shine within us or or has that light diminished? Are we the church and the individuals that make up the church? Are we still moved by the coming of the Christ child? Or is it simply a part of our year that we look forward to? Do we allow Christ to challenge us? Or are we the ones who did not know Christ when Christ appears to us? Just as John wrote, One of my favorite authors and theologians, Barbara Brown Taylor, once wrote, even when light fades and darkness falls, as it does every single day in every single life, God does not turn the world over to some deity. Here is the testimony of faith. Darkness is not dark to God. The night is as bright as the day meaning even if the light has diminished or even if this experience of the Christ child coming and the season of Advent and Christmas is just another part of your year, or even if we are no longer looking to the example of Christ to be challenged, or even if we do not know Christ when Christ appears to us, God is still there. The baby still came. The light is still as bright as the day and the darkness is not dark to a God who sent God's Son to live among us, to move, to breathe, to die, and to be resurrected. The Incarnation. May you see the light of Christ. And may you be the light of Christ to all that you meet. In the name of the Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. Amen.